0: Welcome to the Remarkable Relationship Show with Mercy Russell, where we find the wonder in your story. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 35 years of experience applying the science of relationship systems to my practice of psychotherapy and leadership consulting. My intuitive skills allow me to bring clarity and vision to your challenges. I hope you will be surprised in the next hour. Good morning. This is Mercy Russell with the Remarkable Relationship Show. My goal is to bring a fresh perspective to you on all things related to how humans develop their individual brilliance while navigating the excitement, stickiness, and resistance in their relationships. In my 35 years of working as a psychotherapist, I have been continually amazed at the ways in which people overcome challenges. I hope to share my experience, insights, and to stimulate your thinking today. So um, this morning, um, I'm going to revisit the topic that that I was talking about last week, which was friendships and triangles. My hope in this show is to answer questions and challenges you are facing in your relationships. So that topic of friendship came from a question that a listener sent to me. There are several ways you can ask me a question. You can send me a question by email at mercy at leadershipwithmercy.com. This gives you anonymity since I will not share the identity of the listener asking the question. I often disguise the identity of the listener by changing details while addressing the problematic dynamic. So you'll recognize that it's your question, but you could be assured that someone else in your relationship system won't shouldn't know that it was you asking the question. My answers will be available during the live show, as well as on the KKNW podcast for and the KK and YouTube channel for this show, Remarkable Relationships. In addition, I post transcripts of the shows sooner or later. Uh, it takes a while to put them together. I post them on my website, leadershipwithmercy.com. So please don't be shy about asking questions. I have rarely heard a unique dilemma. Your question will help other people who are listening to the show. How often does that happen? That you have a question in your mind, you're listening to a call-in show, and someone else asks the same question. Plus, by you asking me a question, it allows me to know what interests you. I'm, I'm interested in all corners of human behavior and relationships, so I need your help to know how I can address what troubles you. Eventually, I hope to have listeners call into the show. I am good on the spot. And I recognize that it can take courage to call into the radio show, especially about personal matters. So sending in a question by email is another good way to ask a question. So today, I'm going to be addressing some questions from a listener. And my, the show last week was in response to a question about a friendship now i miscalculated the time and then he had to cut me off i had presented a question from a listener and it and then i uh, talked in very in general terms about the dynamics that were involved in answering her question before i got to the actual answer to her question or basically the counsel or advice i would give her so right now, I'm just going to review a little bit what I talked about last time, and I will repeat the question and then give my direct answer to that. Today, I also have two other friendship questions that I will, that I will present and that I will answer and then point out some principles that you'll be able to use or start to play with in your own life and particularly in your friendship network. So, in thinking about friendships, I, t- I this is what I think about and what I talked about last time. Now, I also want to mention last time I was also experimenting with sharing um, some diagrams through my screen on PowerPoint. So there, if you go, if you look, at, well I'm talking about these dynamics, in particular the triangle, there uh, on last week's YouTube channel show, you know, A version of this show, you can see those diagrams. I'm not going to do that today. So this is what I think about when I think about friendships. I think about how friendship functions in our larger relationship network, including the family. I think about the the essence to me in thinking about friendship is thinking about the basic human family human relationship system unit the basic unit is the triangle which is the basic building block of a relationship network so not the dyad which is what we commonly think of but it is actually the three-legged stool of the triangle now in a triangle one of the members of a dyad uses a third person to go to when there's conflict or not enough space for individuality in the dyad. So this is what creates the fundamental three-legged stool. You can sometimes think of it as the basic one being mother, father, and child. We're all born into the dyad of our parents, whether we, even if we didn't ever know one of our parents, they're there, it's implicit in who we are. Now, so when going back to the triangle in an active relationship network, and if a third, so if one of the members of a dyad will go to a third person when there's conflict or not enough breathing room in the dyad. So if that third person takes sides, then the other member of the dyad gets pushed to the outside. So it goes from being a twosome, a, a togetherness with the original dyad to one person going up into a togetherness with another person, which leaves the, the other member of the dyad. on Now, this can make that person feel very anxious and, and feeling excluded. Other times, actually, it can feel like a relief and give them some space. So sometimes that third person actually turns a blind eye to, uh, to the, the involvement of this third person or encourages it. Eventually, the dyad reestablishes itself, and often the third person is then left on their own. The third person will naturally then turn to another person to form a stable or temporary dyad. So you have two women who are a one they, they get a little frustrated with their husbands and so they go into it you know togetherness with each other husband's feeling a breath of fresh air right because their wives aren't breathing down their necks the same way and then eventually something happens and one wife kind of goes back into her coziness with her husband and the other one feeling a little left out from her friend that goes back to her husband now we live in a huge complex of interlocking triangles so these dynamics are 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 happening quickly and all the time um, in that interlocking triangle network now if the person that is drawn in as the third person when two people are having a conflict if that person can stay neutral and not take sides then the tension between the two will decrease in these ways the forces of emotional togetherness and individuality, which are kind of both active and all living beings, the need to be associated, especially social species like ourselves, like humans, but also have a drive for individuality. These are conflicting forces. And so the, this creates a dynamic dance in the relationship network. And the triangle is one way that, that The individuals in this network are dealing with those conflict, the conflict of wanting to be cozy and close, but also to be an individual. So the primary triangles are formed in the family, starting for the individual and the triangle with the mother and father. This triangle is energetically alive, even if one of the parents is not present. And, you know, if you're interested in that, certainly it's a a reality for many people. um, When I talk about the presence of individuals in a family, sometimes those members are absent or deceased, um, but they're still energetically playing a role, or they can. So I certainly would welcome questions about that and a chance to talk about that more. But let's just say we, everybody's, on the ta- everybody's at the table here. Now, friendship networks operate with the same dynamics of interlocking triangles as the family. So that is kind of a summary of what I talked about last week in beginning to address this question about the role of a friendship and the dilemma with a friendship and how one would decide what to do. So I'm now going to repeat the question from last week um, before I give the answer. So here's the question that I received last week. I have a friend. We met through work and have been friends for 20 years. I've been noticing lately, and also recalling many conversations, that she makes somewhat disparaging remarks. For example, that's the gym you go to? I passed by it and thought to myself, I'd never join a gym like that. Or, you're buying a new door? I hope you're not going to buy one that looks cheap. Or, by the way, that rug you have in your foyer is all wrong. I haven't talked to her about it because these remarks stunned me in the moment and I don't know how to respond. Is that her question is, is this a friendship I should continue? So, how about what about my listener and her friend? This is what I would have to say as she considers whether she wants to stay friends. Number one, how important is the friendship? Is this a casual social acquaintance? Uh, is this uh, someone you've known at work that you get together with and maybe have lunch with once a month? Um, and now uh, you're both retired, or you're neither. You don't wor- you, you don't work at the same workplace. You don't have to work together. You just are casual acquaintances or is this friendship valuable enough for you to invest your time and energy to address your friend's habit of criticizing your choices so are you part of an important friendship work or family network will it make a big difference in that network will a change in your friendship impact other relationships in that network so, you know, the easy answer, of course, would be, who needs friends like that, right? You, you, who needs enemies when you have friends like that? You, you know, who, you, 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 you don't want somebody who's going to, you know, why would you have a friend who criticizes you, right? Well, sometimes critical remarks are part of the play of triangles. And it depends on how valuable that friendship is in the context Of your other relationships and your life now i have an example i have a best friend from childhood we are the closest of a large network of childhood friends her family is like my second family and i am welcomed at any family event same for her with my family we have individual relationships with each other's siblings their spouses and children and we, we were partners in a professional practice with mutual friends. So when we were about 44, she married my father's business partner, and she's very excited about her new life. I'm happy for her, but I spend most of our time together complaining about my life as a single mother. We're working in the same practice. We have lunch or breakfast almost every day, and I spend a lot of time complaining. She begins to avoid me. Now, am I worth, as a friend, worth the energy on her part to point out my poor friendship behavior? Will it make a difference? And what will change? So for her to take on addressing this to me um, is a bit of a risk. So if you decide to take the risk of pointing out your friend's negative comments, you could hurt her feelings, right? She could deny what you're saying or become defensive. And she could tell you what she doesn't like about you as a friend. Now, on the other hand, she could also be grateful you brought this to her attention because she values your friendship. Now, if you get through the confrontation, the the next question is, so you have the, the conversation, does the behavior change? In my case, fortunately, I re- my friend had the courage to sit down and talk to me. I could still remember the room, the light in the room, the view out the window it, you know it was a, it was a very emotional moment for me. Fortunately, I recognized the truth of what my friend told me. I trusted her. I resolved to be more independent. I could see how how i had been not moving forward with my life i resolved to be more independent and not lean on her friendship as much i then hired her sister-in-law to plan my 40th birthday party Curio- curiously my friend was upset because she assumed she would plan my party so i gave her and her husband the task of arranging the music if the behavior does not change you have a choice to either ignore her comments and accept her critical nature, or let her go. So, what you want to see is that there's a change in the behavior. You might not like the change so much. I mean, some like uh, like I don't. My friend was didn't really like what I did, but I changed it. If you're part of a friend or family network, you can then also distance yourself from one-to-one interactions. So, we're now going to take a break. And when I come back, I'll talk more about friendships and also talk about two other questions and dilemmas in friendships that um, that listeners have sent in. This is Mercy Russell with The Remarkable Relationship Show. Hi, tune into my new show, The Remarkable Relationship Show, with me, Mercy Russell. I bring a fresh perspective on all things related to how humans develop their individual brilliance while navigating the excitement, stickiness, and resistance in their relationships. Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. And you can visit my website at leadershipwithmercy.com.
1: After I came home from Iraq, I could still hear the booms. Makes it hard to be a good mom. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. I'm Naomi Mathis, Air Force veteran. DAV helps veterans get the benefits they've earned. Thanks to DAV, I was able to begin to heal. With the right support, more veterans can reach victories great and small. My victory is being able to be here for my children. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. On the path to good health and well-being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you.
0: Good morning. This is Mercy Russell with The Remarkable Relationship Show. Today, I'm talking about friendships and also addressing some questions that listeners have sent in about friendship. So, I'm just going to talk a little more generally about friendships now. What is, there's the beauty and the play of friendships. So what's what's wonderful about friendships, they can be less than less intense than family relationships and often less fraught with conflict, with um, disappointment, um, with trauma. So often friendships provide a lightness in our relationships that we need. You can choose your friends. If you exercise your choice of friends, right? Sometimes we end up with friends that we fell in with because we went to school together or we worked together. And in the end, they're really not good friends. And the friendship doesn't bring much to our life. So it's at a point like this that you begin to learn to choose who to be friends with and who not to be friends with. Generally, it's easier to walk away from friends. Now, if friends are business partners or um, uh, other uh, really interconnected to our family or our marriage, it can be more difficult. And in that case, there's a way to tone down or back down from a relationship. But in general, you can walk away from friends in a way that you really, you can walk away from your family too. People, a lot of people do. It's a really common strategy and sometimes very useful, but it's easier with friends. Now, the, the primary principle when you're dealing with re- relationship problems in friend- with friendships is to look for the hidden triangles in your friendships. Now, have you chosen the togetherness of this friendship instead of dealing directly with a more important relationship in your life? sometimes it can provide a balance in a difficult relationship but sometimes it's a way of not taking action in an important family relationship that you should be dealing with you go off and gossip to your friend instead now is the focus on the friendship an avoidance of either the distance in a marriage where a marriage has become quite stale and people living separate lives? Does the focus on the friendship allow you to continue in that marriage when it really isn't good for either of you? Or to avoid a conflict with a parent or a sibling, right? Instead of dealing directly with those issues, um, that you focus on your friendship and put all your energy there. Sometimes that's it doesn't serve you well but if that's a balance, it sometimes it is a balancing uh, role. Is the fr- or is the friendship stabilizing a marriage? So, I'm in a togetherness with my friend, which allows my husband and me to maintain emotional distance in our marriage. What happens when the marriage changes? Does this change the need for the friendship? So this can disrupt friendships. When I say, okay, I'm, I'm done with this marriage, it's time to get divorced, what happens with the friends? Well, there's a big rearrangement often of friendship networks when these, you know, when a marriage dissolves. Now, how do you talk to a friend when you're trying to deal with one of these sort of difficult matters, like my listener posed? It's you know, a good way to start a conversation like this is always to acknowledge your appreciation for the friend and to tell her what you enjoy about your friendship. This is assuming that you want to see if you can salvage or continue the relationship. And alert her that you need to talk to s- about something that's difficult to talk about. And that it's and that if it is important for you to be able to continue to be friends. Now, describe, Describe what you've observed, her critical comments, and your reactions. Try to be as calm and objective as possible when describing your reactions. And then wait for her response. Do not defend, explain, or justify your reaction to her comments. Likewise, do not demand an explanation, justification, or defense from her. If she offers one, a simple response of... I hear you or I'm listening, prevents a chain reaction of accusations and defending. The optimal response is a simple apology followed by a change in the behaviors. So that's what the best you would hope is your friend would say, I'm so sorry, and I'm really going to watch out and not continue to do that. The value of this interchange in an important friendship is the practice that you get in engaging openly by letting your friend know more about you. It's good practice for other relationships, and it opens the door for a more intimate friendship. Plus, her response will tell you what you need to know about the value of the friendship. Remember, whatever role a friend plays in the dance of a relationship network, you can choose to create a friendship network of people who value and respect you. As you grow and change, your friendship network will grow and change as well. So I'm now going to oppose, you know, another question about friendship from another listener. Question number two. My husband and I have a great relationship, yet sometimes he would rather hang out with his best friend than with me. They include me sometimes, and other times I'm left to fend for myself. Does this mean we have a problem in our relationship? And what can I do to not feel left out? So for listener number two, sometimes it is important to face the fact that when you married your husband, his best friend was part of the package deal, especially if these friends come from childhood. I think it's important to be aware that just like when you're marrying your your spouse, their family comes with them, good, bad, or ugly, right? but also their friends can, too. And the main problem that you're having here, it comes when you feel alone because the other two are having fun together. The truth is that you have many other relationships and you are not stranded alone on a rock in the middle of the ocean because your husband has chosen on Friday night to go to the pool hall with his buddy. It can feel that way. Sometimes it can feel like a slap in the face, right? Maybe you and your husband had discussed some plans for Friday night, but then he makes a sudden turn and wants to go off with his friend, right? And there you are left alone. So sometimes it can, even though these things from the outside can look very kind of trivial and you know inconsequential sometimes they can really hit us so that we really feel isolated so the important thing is to remember you aren't alone right you literally i mean spiritually you aren't alone but you literally are part of a vast and complex relationship network how active it is depends on your life and how you're living it but there are other people available to you so you can find your own friend or family member to hang out with. Make sure it's someone who loves and adores you or at least likes you a lot. So, you know, choose a really choose a really comfortable easy friend. You'll get more out of this if you on that Friday night, if you don't use your mother or your sister or your friend to complain about your husband and his friend that causes more problems just go enjoy their company as you go out the door here's the here's here's you know tip number 2 so you're going to go off you're going to remember that there are other people that you can be in touch with and that you can be close to this isn't a fundamental problem in your marriage but it is causing you discomfort right so but there are other people that you can go and hang out with so number two, as you go out the door, wish your husband and his friend well, and say something about how great it is that they have each other. Um, you have to mean it, you ha- you know, so what you want to do fundamentally in the language of triangles, you're going to put them together and choose the outside position, but you have to mean this. It won't help if you're feeling grumpy and you get sarcastic. If you're in the kind of a mood, if you're in that kind of a mood and you really can't get yourself out of it, it's best just not to say anything and to go do something so you can be in a good mood when you see them again. Your husband and probably his friend will know how you are feeling and they'll know that you're upset even if they don't show that they're aware of it. This, these things travel like lightning between people. When you come back happy because you enjoyed yourself when you were out, they might be a little confused. Because they, of course, expected you to be continue to be in that kind of gr- grumpy outside position. And if you can do that and come back with lightness, my guess is your husband will want to get cozy with you soon. This is the way triangles work. And that often, if you can really be, get into that free outside position where you're not feeling threatened or excluded, you're just kind of enjoying the, free, the fresh air, um, it, it, re- it sort of reduces the push for the other two to be together. And then it can lighten up your relationships with either of the other two. This is choosing the outside position. It can be a breath of fresh air, and it can also give you time to take care of yourself. So, I have another question that I'm going to answer. This one's a little more complicated, and I hope we get to um, spend some time talking about it. I suppose I find enough to say about it. So here's the question again these i think you'll see that most of these questions in in my mind come back to these triangles okay here's the question i have two best friends we are a threesome and we carpool to school together we are all in the band on the same sports teams and in most of the same classes i like both friends the same Although I tend to share more with one friend because our mothers are equally strict about chores, dating, and curfew, and curfews, the other gets to do things that we can't do. So we tend to feel a little more aligned because we have have the same rules. The problem is that these two friends each complain to me about the other one. I agree with each of them. And this puts me in the middle. I never do anything to leave one of them out. I often feel like a hypocrite since I really like them both. Then sometimes they get, get together and gang up on me. They say mean things to me and find an excuse to leave me out for rides or um, going to parties, or even, you know, going shopping, right? All of a sudden, I find out they're doing things without me. So when that happens, I hang out with another friend. I find someone else to hang out with. And eventually, one of them complains to me again about the other, and I'm in the middle again, and but I'm back in with my threesome, and my other friend is left out i don't like this i like it best when we're all getting along all of us including my other friend what can i do so this is not an uncommon problem i think if we've watched these movies about you know teenage girls we'll see this dilemma over and over again you can just see this play out continually. Um, That you know how the way that these friendships kind of go back and forth. Now, getting stuck in the middle between two friends, first of all, I know you feel like a hypocrite and you feel like you've done something wrong because it just doesn't feel good. You know, one gossips to you about the other and you feel kind of guilty, but you don't really know what to do. I want to say that this is very natural in fact getting into this position is just part of who we are as social creatures you want to feel close with each friend we all love that feeling of being close to to someone else even if it's very short-lived or temporary it's just who we are now when one gossips about the other to you you feel even closer because the, the, the hidden message is they like you more and they trust you more because they're talking to you about the other. You, at that moment, look like the nice one, the one that they have, that they like and that they are, have confidence in. So why do you spend you know f- an hour on the phone with one friend and then an hour on the phone with the other friend? going back and forth and in the middle because it feels good with each friend to be the one they want to talk to, right? And for some reason, talking about the other person helps two people feel closer. It's just what happens. It happens in nature. You know, it happens in other species. It's just the dynamic that we live in. So it's natural, you know. So don't beat yourself up too much about it. (laughs) But then something shifts, right? So I, I once had two friend, friends who ganged up on me. One, this was in a work situation. One got me to tell her what I didn't like about the other, as if we were special confidence. She then told the other friend what I said. And it turns out she had planned this. The two of them had planned this because they suspected there was something I didn't like about the other friend or that I treated her differently. And they set me up. The other friend then treated me like I was the devil. I'm not kidding. It was, you know, (laughs) it was pretty intense. And we all worked together. So we all had to work at the same place. Boy, did I get caught. And I can tell you that was the end of those friendships, especially when I found out that this, they had really ganged up on me, right? But, you know, I had done my part in it, right? now in your case you can w- w- with your threesome you, there are ways you can stop taking the side of the friend who's talking about the other friend and i'm going to talk more about this after this next break this is mercy russell with a remarkable relationship show we're talking about friendships today Being hospitalized
1: can be frightening, especially for a child. Here at Encourage Kids, we provide the resources and the funding to bring much-needed reassurance, smiles, and, yes, hope
0: to hospitalized kids and their families. I'm Michelle Hall-Duncan, president and CEO of Encourage Kids, and I encourage you to learn about our positive and life-altering programs,
1: how we ease the anxiety around hospitalization for every one of our pediatric patients.
0: Join our efforts. Visit encourage-kids.org. Hi, tune into my new show, The Remarkable Relationship Show, with me, Mercy Russell. I bring a fresh perspective on all things related to how humans develop their individual brilliance while navigating the excitement, stickiness, and resistance in their relationships. Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. And you can visit my website at leadershipwithmercy.com.
1: Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: Hello, this is Mercy Russell with the Remarkable Relationship Show. So today we're talking about, I'm talking about friendship and I have several questions that have come in from listeners about um, problems that they're having in their relationships with friends. And in talking about friendship networks, I've also been talking a lot about triangles, about how triangles are the basic unit emotional unit in a relationship network because friends um, and many problems with friends are really problems and dynamics in a triangle so well i've just uh, been talking about uh the qu- a question from a listener who i'm just review it briefly who has two friends um who talk about each other to her, complain to to her about each other. She often feels stuck in the middle, and she feels bad about it. She feels like she's not honest with either person. She's kind of a hypocrite, but she doesn't really know how to get it out of it. And then they they sometimes gang because they do like each other. They're friends. They gang. They'll gang up on her, and then she gets ignored and left out. She'll go to another friend who you know but then when the other two come back and want to be her friend again um, or start complaining to each other to her about each other again she drops the other friend so she's not she's feeling like this isn't this is really not a happy situation and how can she she just wants everybody to get along and i just was talking about how getting stuck in the middle is natural it's just part of human nature and human behavior so, you know, I know it feel, doesn't feel good, and I, there are ways to get out of it, and in a way, act a little more thoughtfully and maturely, but don't beat yourself up too much about it. It's just, it's part of who we are. Um, and as you go through life and practice with these triangles, you'll see how natural it is. Um, so, um, and then I talked about how I had gotten caught with two friends who set me up and And one friend had me talk about the other and then they turned against me. And of course, I learned that they weren't very good friends, but also I knew that I had not been a good friend either. So um, at any rate, so what can you do when you're trying to stop? You're seeing this friendship network and you don't want to be always taking the side of the friend who's talking about the other friend. You don't know how to get this to stop so let's say number one says something critical about number two did you see that sweater she was wearing today such an ugly color now what's your response you could uh, defend her say well gee i don't know i like that color or you could say yeah i just i don't know where she got that sweater right so the first one would be taking the side of the of number two and the second one would be taking the side of number one right so either way you're defending you're defending the person who's being criticized but in that respect you're you're telling number one you're on number two's side right and then she might start to then it's interesting to see what she does after that right but it's not being neutral so you're still going back and forth between the two so your, a good response would be something like, gee, I wasn't paying attention, right? So you don't take her, you don't criticize her, you don't have to, and you don't say anything critical about your other friend. You just say, gee, I didn't, I didn't notice. And then you make a statement such as, I noticed she was wearing the earrings you gave her. So this is a statement pointing out a token of their friendship. So number one, you've backed off from the, you know, complaint about the friend or the criticism of the friend. You stayed neutral. You haven't taken sides about the sweater. And then you make a statement about how valuable those two friends are to each other. Now, Another example of this would be number two calls you two hours later and complains about number one. She always ignores me when guys are around. So what could your response be? That's a tough one, right? Um, You could begin to explain her behavior. Oh, well, you know how she is. She gets distracted by boys. So it's really not about you. It's really just, you know, how she is. It's partly a criticism, partly a defense, you know but you're 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 still in the you're still swinging and taking sides you could again say something like really i hadn't noticed so you just pull yourself out of the conversation about that and then you again make a statement about how important those two are to each other she turned down a date to sleep over with you In other words, you really are important to her. And in the end, you're as important as, you know, guys are to her. So it's another way of saying, none of these are always 100%, but it's another way of of pulling yourself out to the outside and acknowledging that those other two really are friends. Now, it's not going to feel as cozy, right? (laughs) But it's going to, in the end, it'll do the trick. What about friend number four? So what do you do about that friend? Now, this is someone you value. Obviously, you feel comfortable with her, with her. And, um, you you know, she's the one you seek out when you're feeling alone and stranded. You have to you take deliberate steps to nurture that friendship, not just run to it when you're feeling rejected by others maybe you include her in the activities of the threesome right you invite invite her to join your drive to work now you're going to then have interlocking triangles and that'll be even more fun <laughs> the same dynamics will come up again but at least you're letting her know she's valuable to you and then spending time with her alone and letting your other two friends do things without you is also a way to value that relationship And not simply seek her out when you're feeling rejected by the others. Again, you can put yourself out of the of the triangles with the the interlocking triangles with the among the four of you. You can emphasize the friendship she shares with the other two friends, such as, did you know that number one and number two couldn't stop talking about your win in the tennis tournament? They were bragging as if they had won. So, you know, bringing to her attention the fact that, gee, these other two friends also really value your friendship. And that's putting you outside of the foursome, right? But what it does is it just keeps you in a kind of neutral, free-floating position. And then... You know, maybe you don't worry so much about friend number four. I mean, if she hasn't complained to you or said anything or shown that she's uncomfortable, maybe she likes being on the outside of your cozy threesome because she's watching it and she sees how it backfires sometimes. And she does not, she's not really not interested in getting involved in this dynamic, right? The likelihood is, if you could really settle things down within your threesome, that other friends will be more comfortable being friends with you. Um, you know, that's it is something that can spread in a friendship network when you have that capability. Um, so, because I have time, I'm gonna, uh, I'm going to. Um, talk about another friendship dilemma and i think that this kind of dilemma is something that's um i know it's been an issue for many people uh especially in recent in the last 10 years or something in this united states Um, in particular i know about it in the united states it may be Things like this might be happening in other countries but i don't know that the dynamics there as well among friendship networks so the question is this i have a friend who i admire and respect my problem is that her political views are about are just about the opposite of mine can we still be friends Now, this is happening quite a bit in this country, where because political views have gotten so, um, what would you say, um, defined and um, polarized is the word we hear a lot. Uh, This is happening on a social level. And I think most people are very aware of it and very influenced by the talk in the general media, let's just say, and social media, whether it's... So we're hearing this talk and watching the actions that follow from it in our our political system, but it's certainly filtered down into our very personal lives and it can affect friendships. Um, Interestingly enough, some friendship networks are have already formed around the fact that they hold the same beliefs about how their values should play out in society, right? And sometimes this has not been very conscious. It's been something that's driven by where families choose to live, by professions that people work in um people may not have consciously been making the choice to live in a blue state but if you look at the course of their life you'll see that that's where they live and that that's just the soup that they've been swimming in right and there was a time i'm old enough to remember a time when um like when my college there was I think it was, this was in the 70s. So there was a lot of, you know, dis there was a lot of social dissension on campus and um a lot of opposition to the Vietnam War and concern about civil rights and social justice. And there was a group of people who actually became my good friends who would uh, call themselves the Young Republicans and had uh put up a informational stand. And in fact, I think if you talk to a lot of them today, they'll talk about it as if it was a joke. But you could do that and we could walk up to that table and we could talk to them. And this was a campus that prided itself and kind of intellectual dialogue and debate. So it was kind of seen almost as a game, right? It wasn't this wasn't something that people got angry about or divisive about. Um, Certainly I didn't. Right. I ended up becoming quite good friends with those people, and um, I knew that essentially they were playing, they were playful and that we actually shared the same values. But there was this, you know, you know, play around the parties. Well, that's very different than what it is now. So often these issues have become very emotional for people. And the way that our media has bifurcated, gone in two different directions, um, we're not getting the same information or the same opinion. So uh, we, we end up not, even if we share the same values about what's important in life, for example, freedom, that's my thing. I say we all want freedom to live the life we want to live. We just don't agree about what's going to provide that freedom, right? Right. So is uh, the business world going to give us that freedom, or is government going to protect our freedoms? So we don't agree on the mechanism, but we share the same underlying value. And we want other people to live their life freely, too, as long as it doesn't impinge on my life. (laughs) So that's an example of how we share the same values, but we can end up with very different uh, uh, beliefs about what's happening in our country, uh, political views, uh, voting patterns, we can end up very in a very divisive situation. And this has, um, in in some cases, really divided families um, because they, are, they feel very passionately. And some people have cut off from their families because they see them as people who have promoted a view that's very harmful to the country and that they can't talk to them. And they've, you know, begun to see them as the bad people. Um, other people just, um, and there's, some, there's some differences in my family. We just don't, we just agree to not talk about it, right? So at a time, 25 years ago, where my brothers and sisters and I might have had a dialogue at the table, we just don't go there. Right. Unless someone wants to stir up some trouble. Um, So. It's gotten to the point where this can really affect uh, how people see each other and actually um, not even relate to each other on a on a personal level. So then what happens when this plays out in friendships? Um, So in this case. The there's a friend. These two people have quite a bit, they have a lot in common, common interests, common values, uh, respect for each other. Um, They are willing to help each other, to give advice to each other. So it looks like we're done today. (laughs) And I guess I can return to this topic another time. So Benny's playing me out, uh, I don't know, uh, and I uh, look forward to uh, revisiting this question that we have about our friendship and our political system. This is Mercy Russell with a remarkable relationship show, and um, I look forward to talking to you next week.